Welcome to the Source of Commercial Real Estate Podcast, where we talk to the experts in all asset classes of commercial real estate. Listen so you can grow your wealth, expand your portfolio, improve your mindset, and live an amazing life. And now, your host, Jonathan Hayek. If you are curious about commercial real estate, even intimidated, but you're willing to learn, this is the podcast for you. Maybe you're frustrated with multifamily, struggling to find deals, and you want to learn a new asset class. This is the podcast where we talk to the experts in all areas of commercial real estate so you can find your competitive advantage, grow your portfolio, and live an amazing life. I'm your host, Jonathan Hayek, and I'm an investor, probably a lot like you. I have a portfolio of small multifamily and small commercial properties. And several years ago, I thought I would just keep buying more of these types of properties. But as time has gone on, deals that make sense have been harder to come by. I'm in a different stage of life than I was just a few years ago, and my investing philosophy has changed so that now I'm looking to purchase larger deals in the non-residential space. But how do I know what to buy? How do I know what a good deal is? Should I buy a warehouse or a medical office building, a self-storage facility, or a mobile home park? That's why I started this podcast, so I can learn from the experts, learn all of the asset classes, and make good investing decisions. I'm glad you're here listening, and I hope this podcast can help you make good investing decisions too. Welcome to this week's episode of Feedback Friday. This comes out every Friday, and it's where I give you my three biggest takeaways from my interview from earlier in the week. I think of it as the Cliff Notes version of the interview. If you haven't heard that episode, you should definitely go back and check it out. In this episode, you'll hear some of my reflections and some background information on the guest's three biggest points. My guest this week was Eric Schreibman of Cushman and Wakefield in Northeast Ohio, Cleveland area. He has over 20 years of experience buying, selling, and leasing medical office space and regular office space. He has a ton of experience and a lot of wisdom to share. I really enjoyed our conversation. My three big takeaways from our conversation are, first, the importance of tenant-landlord relationships. Second, he gave great tips on picking a broker. And third, he gave great insight into the medical and office landscapes that he's seeing right now. First, let's talk about tenant-landlord relationships and how important these are. It's a little bit different than the small multifamily and even large multifamily space because a lot of times these commercial tenants have leases that are three, five, seven, even 20 years long. And these leases are solid. They can't get out of them unless they declare bankruptcy. Because the leases in these situations are so long and so far out, there could be a tendency for landlords to basically forget about the tenant and be either unresponsive or uninterested. Because if you're in year one of a seven-year lease, you know you have money coming in for the next seven years. So your motivation as a landlord might be low if this tenant has a lease that requires them to take care of all maintenance, like maybe it's a triple net or double net lease. There are a couple problems with this way of thinking. 
first, it's just not good business. It's not good to be a slumlord. Um, it's always best practice to take care of your tenant and take care of people that are taking care of you. Second, when that tenant goes to re-sign the lease in five or seven years, you want that tenant to be thinking, wow, I have an amazing landlord. They take care of me. They go above and beyond. I am anxious to stay at this location versus uh, I like the location. I kind of like the building, but man, my landlord is awful. And he or she really got one over on me on negotiations the first time. I'm going to go back and really get them this time in negotiations. Eric talked about creating a win-win situation. So from the landlord's perspective, there are certain things that you want, whether it's a certain lease rate or lease length. And then on the other hand, there are certain things that the tenant is going to want, whether it's certain improvements or allowances, or perhaps it's a month or two of free rent or whatever it is. It's always best to try to create a win-win situation, foster goodwill, so that when it comes time to re-sign that lease in five or seven years, both parties are eager and anxious to re-sign and continue that relationship. Let's say in seven years, the tenant wants to vacate because they have a bad taste in their mouth from the initial negotiation, or they feel like the landlord hasn't been taking care of them. They're now vacating a building, and you as the owner are going to have a vacant building that hasn't been touched in seven years and is specific to a certain tenant that has now left. So in order to release that building, you're almost certainly going to have to put a chunk of money into it, as well as having a period of vacancy. Assuming a tenant is paying close to market rent, it's almost always preferable to have a tenant re-sign a lease rather than having to fill a vacant space because you're going to have a, at least a few months of no rent coming in. Plus, you're going to have to pay some amount of money to get that space in rent-ready condition. An argument can be made if a tenant has egregiously low rent and you are 100% positive that you can release that space in a short amount of time at a much higher rent rate. An argument could be made that it'd be better to get a new tenant in there. But as most business owners know, it is much cheaper and easier to keep a current client than it is to go find a new one. Eric had this great line in the interview of how he was recounting a conversation he had with a mentor, and his mentor told him that every interaction with a tenant can either lead toward a renewal of that tenant or a non-renewal of that tenant, and that's pretty powerful. Your interactions with tenants matter. My second takeaway from my conversation with Eric was the advice that he gave on picking a broker. I think this is one of the most important aspects of buying and selling commercial real estate on a large scale. In the small multifamily residential world, buying a single family home, um, if you're an experienced buyer or seller, you can get away with having a lousy broker. But when you get into bigger dollar properties, larger spaces, 
possibly in markets that you are not familiar with or that you don't live in, it is crucial to have a great broker working on your behalf. Eric gave four main things that you need to look for in a broker. He talked about knowledge, reputation, experience, and relationships. This reminds me of the conversation that I had with James Bowers back in episode two, where he went through some critical questions that you should uh, be asking when you're interviewing a broker in a new market. Those can be difficult questions, but they do really get to these four items, knowledge, reputation, experience, relationships. These four things really play off one another. If you're a buyer going into a new market that you're not super familiar with, Uh, in person, maybe you've researched it on paper, you want a broker who's knowledgeable about the market and knowledgeable about the asset classes that you're looking to purchase. If they are lacking in knowledge, then they better have some relationships and know people who do have the knowledge of the market and that asset class. A strong reputation also ties into this because a strong reputation can bail you as the buyer or seller out of some tricky situations. So let's say I'm a new buyer in a market that I, as the buyer, don't have much of a reputation in. I want to go with a broker who has experience and a great reputation because I want to be taken seriously as a buyer. And so if that broker is working on my behalf and the broker says, yes, this buyer's legit, I've seen bank statements or I've seen his portfolio or whatever it is, that broker is now vouching for me and makes me a stronger buyer and makes my offers look stronger. My third takeaway was Eric's insight into what the medical and office landscapes are looking like right now. It's interesting that he's in both because medical and office are in very different places right now. Medical is doing really well, and he's got some insight into what to look for in a medical office space. So looking for space that has exam rooms with plumbing already in it. He said those are hard to come by, but if you find a property uh, like that, it's probably going to lease pretty easy. Finally, he talked about looking for opportunities with, uh, with a sale leaseback. This is usually done with uh, a doctor that has an independent practice who owns the property outright. Uh, they usually own it in cash. Sometimes they might have a loan, but really they're looking for capital. And so they might be looking to sell their space for $2 million. And upon the completion of the sale, they will lease it back to you uh, with an absolute net lease for 10 years. Um, there are some opportunities there, especially if it's not a uh, if it's not a huge tenant like uh, Cleveland Clinic, but more of a mom and pop independent physician. Um, you could purchase it at a decent cap rate so that you still get some returns while also having a pretty solid tenant in there. On the flip side, Eric talked about office and what a challenge office space is right now. He talked about the changing landscape in office and how amenities are going to be one of the most important things in leasing office space. Now, office space is not a strategy that I'm particularly going towards right now, though I do think there are opportunities if you can get um, an office building in a really good location obviously at a great price. 
The other thing we talked about in terms of office space was having demisable space and making concessions. So if you have an office building that has a certain configuration and maybe there's a lot of load-bearing walls and it would be really difficult to reconfigure the space, that's going to be less desirable than a space that just has a big open floor plan with multiple entrances and exits that can be configured in multiple different ways for different tenants. So maybe one tenant um, in a 5,000 square foot space only needs half of it. And so that tenant takes half and then you can easily demise the other space maybe into two spaces so then you have three tenants in this space and then moving forward you can take down walls and reconfigure as the needs of tenants change so there you have it my three big takeaways from my conversation with eric schreibman first the importance of tenant landlord relationships second the four big considerations when picking a broker And third, the changing landscapes in the medical and office space. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Feedback Friday. Coming up on the podcast, I have tons of great guests coming. I know you're going to enjoy it. So make sure you hit subscribe in your podcast player so you don't miss a single episode. Thank you so much for listening. I appreciate you. Until next time, take care. This content is for entertainment and informational purposes only. It is not financial advice, and it is not an invitation to buy or sell real estate or make any investment decisions. 